If I said to you that um, early this morning there was a, <clears throat> a light frost on the roses and um, the baboons were playing around the rocks and it was a temperature of uh, just above zero um, degrees at an altitude of 6,100 feet, you probably wouldn't think I was in Saudi Arabia, but such is the variety of landscapes in this amazing country that we've been traveling through for the last four weeks. Taif was a place where Philby spent two days and, and I can see why, it, it's, it's beautiful. Um, after traveling at an altitude of about three and a half thousand feet for the last 10 days, Yesterday afternoon as we entered Taif, we rocketed up to about 6,000 feet. Last night we slept at about 6,300 feet and uh, temperatures dropped um, accordingly. But it's a beautiful uh, city. I think it's the sixth largest um, urban area in Saudi Arabia. About 700,000 people live here in Taif today, obviously much smaller when Philby uh, arrived and he arrived on um, on Christmas Day 1917 and he said right glad we were to see our goal before us after about 45 miles of strenuous travel and 11 hours in the saddle with but two short breaks the sun was now low over the hills and we hastened down the slope uh, and up the valley past little hamlets girt around by orchards and fields you can probably hear the call to prayer behind me. It's Friday now, just uh, just after midday. So this is the main day of prayer here in Saudi Arabia. So I'm doing the podcast now whilst everywhere is closed. But uh, Philby said there was little to arrest the attention of our weary eyes until we came to the great four-storied marble palace of Shubra, the palace of Ali Pasha, ex-Grand Sharif, and cousin of Hussein ibn Ali, king of the Hijaz, towering above its splendid orchards. I marvelled to see a building so exquisite, with the great steps leading to the front door and the delicate window shutters of fretwork in Arabia, and my companions, most of whom had never been out of the desert, stood amazed at such magnificence. This palace stands about one mile to the north of the town on the highway, which at this point runs through a ragged avenue of mulberry trees. Well, today, Shubra Palace is right in the heart of um, the bustling modern metropolis of um, Taif. And it was the first place that we visited yesterday because Philby described it so beautifully and, and, and he describes it very, very well. It, it, it is the most remarkable of buildings, um, very well restored and protected by the Heritage Commission here in Saudi Arabia under the Ministry of Culture. And uh, whilst we weren't allowed inside, just due to uh, safety reasons, really, a lot of the floors are not in the best of states, but there are huge plans to redevelop uh, and restore this magnificent building to its, uh, to its former glory. We were allowed to wander around the, um, we were allowed to wander around the stables, uh, and when Philby came here, um, it was not animals in the stables, it was ostrich, a couple of ostrich, which must have been quite entertaining. Um, but we spent about an hour uh, in Shubra uh, Palace being shown around by our, our wonderful hosts. We were decorated with garlands of flowers and, uh, and just spent most of yesterday and this morning visiting 
similar sites, real strong Ottoman influence to the architecture here, some beautiful old palaces and all the time this lovely backdrop of mountains, uh, juniper trees up above uh, and temperatures, very very mild temperatures here because of the altitude. Uh, but for Philby, of course, he hadn't reached Taif because uh, Shubra Palace in 1917 was, was one mile out of the community, so he had to press on. And he wrote that, uh, that uh, and thus, just before sundown on Christmas Day, we made our entry into Taif by a gap in the broken wall uh, hard by the barracks, and in a few minutes we couched our camels at the door of a house which had been placed at our disposal. The property of Ali Effendi, Emir or Director of the Shurta, who met us at the door after our dismounting. Um, it's worth noting, of course, that, that at this point, you know, we know now that we have two more days of travel uh, but until we reach Jeddah. So we're going to go up and over the top of the mountains, which are around Taif, and drop down the seaward side in 48 hours' time to the flat plains of Jeddah, where our journey will come to an end. But at this point in 1917, Philby uh, arrived in Taif uh, expecting to find someone, uh, a British officer from Egypt who'd been sent to meet him here. And his plan, amazingly, was to turn around and go all the way back to Riyadh with this man and so prove to the powers that be in Cairo that actually the central desert uh, of Arabia really was under the control of Ibn Saud um, and to have to turn around and go back across what we've crossed over the last 10 or 11 days would be mind-boggling and he had it much harder than we did 11 and a half days in the saddle every day 11 and a half hours in the saddle every day extraordinary um, but he was prepared to do that that was the plan all the way along but much to his disappointment when he arrived um, here in Taif, there was no message from Baghdad, uh, no one had arrived from uh, Egypt, so he was very much back to uh, plan B, which was to plough on uh, to Jeddah and so complete his crossing. Uh, so, for us last night, it was um, really reading through Philby's notes on um, his two days in Taif. Uh, we found a place just on the edge of the city, uh, tucked up into the mountains where we camped under the tallest tree, what is reputedly the tallest tree in Taif. There were packs of fighting and squabbling dogs all around us, uh, donkeys bleating through the night, a really heavy dew. Our sleeping bags were soaking wet this morning. Uh, beautiful birds, if you're an ornithologist there's a bird has appeared here at this altitude which we find in southern Oman and we haven't seen it anywhere else on our journey yet. It's called the Tristram's Grackle. What a great name for a Friday that is, Tristram's Grackle. Um, around us, our campsite, the, 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 the land was being um, farmed. Uh, pomegranates, the most beautiful pomegranates grow, grow here in this climate. Roses, we've already mentioned. Grapes, uh, lots of citrus fruit. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful place, uh, and, and rightly and understandably, it's been the summer retreat for uh, people from the plains down below in Jeddah for many, many centuries. Um, it might be worth just ending this podcast making reference to um, Philby's Christmas um, dinner, because obviously for the last several days he's been like us, um, chomping on bits of sand in everything really in the middle of the desert but um, 
you know, his hospitality, the hospitality he experienced here in Taif is exactly the same as, um, as we have. You know, Taif has obviously changed hugely since 1917, but the one thing that hasn't changed is the hospitality, and that's been the same really from when we arrived in Alagir many, many weeks ago. Um, Saudi Arabia is the most extraordinarily warm and welcoming country. Um, and Philby uh, wrote about that frequently. Uh, on settling down in, in, in what was to be his base in Taif for two days before pushing on, he said two great circular mats were brought in and spread upon the carpet in the middle of the hall. On each was placed a metal tray with limbs of sheep piled high on steaming rice, whose snowy whiteness contrasted strangely with a brown mess of dusty rice boiled in dirty water to which we had grown accustomed in the desert. Such was our Christmas dinner, to which we sat around, myself and my twelve comrades, and of which little was left but bare bones when we rose to wash our hands and resume our seats around the fire for coffee. <laughs> 